Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. I'm Chris Pinchroder. Today on the podcast, we have a, the return of one of our previous teaching team members, uh, Skip Koshak, who just a few months back uh, got relocated by his job to Katy, Texas. So uh, he was back in town uh, the last two weeks, fortunately, uh, because of a tragedy family was connected to. Uh, Skip's going to share some about this in the message. So uh, let's go ahead and head to the talk, North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Thanks for listening. Crispin runs back. Let me just add to Crispin's prayer real quick. Father, I just ask that you bless us this morning and that anything that I share, Lord, would be impactful if it's from you. And if it's just from me, from my intellect or emotion um, or by my own design, I ask that it would fall harmlessly to the ground. Uh, But anything that is of you, Lord, I ask that it would take root and that it would grow and that it would improve us. Father, as individuals and as the body, in Christ's name, amen. So, um, I I see some faces out here that I don't know, and so it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Skip Koshak, um, as Crispin said, without a C. A couple things about me, I'm going to walk around, so if that annoys you, I apologize up front. You'll be okay afterwards. Um, The second one is, um, I want you to know that I love you, and... I want you also to know that after you hear my message, you may not feel good. But I also want you to know that that's okay. So know that I love you. Know that after you hear what I have to share, you may not feel good. But when you contemplate it, you're going to realize that that's okay. So let's see, where are we? Ah, ministry in the midst. So what in the world is that all about? So first of all, I came with props. So if you can see, I have water and I have Kleenexes. If you need either as I'm speaking, let me know and we will distribute them. Uh, Next slide, please. I also come with scripture. So these are the three scriptures that I'll be referring to, uh, not in total, but in part. Um, So if you want to jot them down, they're on the handout. Thanks for that, Crispin. And in particular, I want to thank Crispin for the last song he sang, because that's the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to talk about that a bit. Okay, next slide. And by the way, I'm going to be using my electronic device here to try to keep on time. Oh, so a beautiful picture. I'm going to share with you my last two weeks encapsulated in about 20 minutes. So 
and I'm representing myself and Pam in this journey and our children who are with us. Three Saturdays ago, I promise you I'm going to get through this. As a mom and dad, one of the greatest joys in life is to see your kids graduate from high school and then from college and then do whatever they're going to do. And we've had that pleasure with our older son, Jacob, twice now. And three Saturdays ago, we were in Clinton, Mississippi, celebrating the graduation of our daughter, Emily, and her fiance, Kaysen, who are with us today. As they graduated from Mississippi College, so I'll be a proud dad for a moment and say they both graduated summa cum laude, which is like, for dumb people like us, that's pretty smart. So congratulations. And so we're like, man, this is really good. We've hit the lottery. Kaysen is a phenomenal young man from a great family who we've grown to love. He's going to Duke Medical School in um, August-ish. So he's taking our baby, who, by the way, are getting married on June 17th. So all these wonderful things are, yeah, it's awesome. And after the ceremony, off we go to even better an all-you-can-eat sushi place in Jackson, Mississippi. And we got out of there for 70 bucks, I think, for all of us. And Matt and I, we were all in separate vehicles, so Matthew, my youngest son, and I went to the tuxedo place because we had been a little bit uh, recalcitrant and hadn't gotten our measurements in for Emily's wedding, and people were starting to freak out. So we went to the tuxedo place and got measured, and it's a great day. Are you with me? This is like a great day for a dad and a mom and a family. We're driving down from Jackson, Mississippi, headed to Lafayette, where my mother-in-law lives, to kind of regroup before Pam and I headed out back to Texas. And, all right, here's where it's going to get hard. So this is an early warning. I'm driving. Matt's cell phone rings. Matt's girlfriend, you can advance the slide. <clears throat> they really aren't that stretchy. <laughs> um, Matt's girlfriend of three years who in my pragmatic mind was the, not this wedding, not the next wedding, but the next wedding to happen, was on a work-study program in Denmark. She'd been away all semester. She had one week left. Matt gets a phone call. Lee has been in a tragic accident. She has a traumatic head injury. She's in critical condition. That's all we know. Have you told her, do her parents know? We're not sure. Matt hangs up the phone, calls Liz Bell, who's a dear friend of ours and has been for years now. Miss Liz, give me a call back. Liz calls back. Matt answers and he can't speak. So I pulled over, took the phone. And I told her what I knew. First thing is, I said, Liz, have you heard from the school, Pomona College, where Leah was a junior? No, I haven't. Have you heard from anybody on the work-study program? No, I haven't. So I get to tell her. 
Your daughter's been in an accident, a boating accident. She's in critical condition. That's all I know. Please call the hospital. She says, of course, she reacts like any mom would react. Oh, my God. Thank you. Hangs up the phone. Immediately, I start texting people. Some of you in this room, start praying. Start praying. We get back on the road. Now we're not going to Louisiana, not going to Lafayette. We're going to Madisonville to the Bell House because we've got to get there. That's it. You know, that's, that's what you got to do. A few minutes later, Matt gets another call. More details, not good. By the time we get to the Bell's house, about an hour and a half later, we're from, everybody's making frantic travel plans to get to Denmark. Pam's going to drive from Lafayette to bring Matt's passport. They're going to get to Denmark, working with the airlines. Jeff gets a call from the hospital. She's not going to make it. And she didn't. Change our plans. Call Pam. You don't need to bring the passport. So we stay with Matt and Rebecca at the Bell House, and we've been there for on and off for two weeks now. Next picture, please. Ministry in the midst is about how do you handle grief? How do you handle mourning? How do you handle suffering? And there's three things I've learned in the last two weeks. Well, I've learned a lot, but there are three things that I think I'm prepared to share. One, drink a lot of water. I'm serious. You will cry, and you will cry, and you will cry, and you will cry. When you thought you couldn't cry anymore, you will cry again. Drink a lot of water. Number two, <laughs> have Kleenex. Seems funny, but it's true, and you're going to need some. Some of you need it now. Noses will be blown. Eyes will be wiped. You need Kleenex. So those are the only two practical things I can tell you that you can apply to any situation of mourning. But here's the third and the, probably the most important thing. Like, if you look at this picture, there's like dark clouds, but there's a blue sky. There's dark clouds, but there's a blue sky. See, here's what's funny about clouds when you think about it. There's always a blue sky above the clouds, always. God's always there, always there. Lead on. I will not fear for you are with me. Lead on. So the sky was pretty dark, but as I was walking, and I walked a lot over the last couple of weeks, I always saw the blue behind the clouds because I knew he was with me. So here's kind of where it gets a little theological, right, but not too much. What have I learned in terms of acceptance and ministry in the midst? The first thing is God talks to us through Scripture. This is true. If you've been here the past three weeks, you experienced this with me. Matt and I were here the Sunday after the accident. We didn't tell Crispin and Dina that we were coming. We just showed up. Why? Because we don't have to. We're family. Family comes in unannounced. 
we came in and some of you were here and some of you laid hands on Matt and me and you prayed. You'd already been praying. And Crispin didn't know I was coming. You know what he taught on? Who was here three Sundays ago? Do you remember what he taught on? Sorry. It's okay, Crispin. I know. It happens to me too. Three weeks from now, if you ask what I taught on, they'll go, I, I don't know. He had a nice shirt. Um, the 23rd Psalm. That was his teaching. He taught on the 23rd Psalm. And I said, my God, there it is. And you know what's interesting? Somebody in the neighborhood came to us in the Bells neighborhood, and they were talking about their Catholic priest had taught on what? The 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm was being taught in other places. Coincidence? Okay, maybe. Scripture is the first place that we can immediately turn. The Beatitudes, Matthew 5, you can read them all. I put three of them on there, but the one I wanted to focus on is blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I can tell you right now, I've been on this planet for 55 years, almost 56, and I have never, ever felt what I felt that morning and what I felt since, ever, in terms of grief. And I've lost a father-in-law, a father, a mother, friends. I've never felt what I'm feeling now. And I can tell you something else. In terms of the depth of grief and mourning and despair and the things that David cried out about in the Psalms, like for a microsecond, it's like David in sackcloth begging for the life of his child because that's what we were doing in that two-hour interim when we thought there was a chance. But when Jeff Bell got the call that said she's not going to make it, you had to get up. That's done now. Now we have to deal with the aftermath. So I understood in that moment what he felt like. And it was horrible. Except... I have never felt the comfort that I feel right now and that I have felt. There was a beautiful service yesterday. Leah's funeral was yesterday at the uh, Christ Episcopal Church right down the road. Matt and Leah met in high school at Christ Episcopal School. It was a beautiful ceremony. And part of the message that was given during the ceremony was, you can't have joy without suffering. And you need to think about that, y'all. You need to think about that. I can't be comforted if I don't know what mourning is. I can't feel joy if I don't know what suffering is because you don't have anything to compare it to. It's like you can't feel hot if you don't feel Cold. That's God's design. So the first place we go is to Scripture. Uh, next slide, please. <laughs> this is a design. Uh, our older daughter went on a mission trip to China a couple years ago, and she sold T-shirts, and which meant mom and dad bought a bunch of T-shirts. Um, <laughs> in fact, I think we were still here when she did that, and. 
I, I shared, <laughs> I shared with, with Emily, this has taken on so much more meaning to me because light has come from this darkness. And in the remaining time, and Crispin, keep me on track, um, I'm going to share some of that light. So the first place was scripture. The second place that we go, um, there we go. The second mode of ministry. So the first is scripture, and you don't need anybody's help for that, other than the Holy Spirit who brings it, the truth of it. The second mode of ministry in the midst of Ministry in the midst is the body providing comfort. I can't tell you, and I've talked to, I've spoken with people who I don't know, who we've met through this process, who have said, I just can't explain it. I just don't understand it. How can y'all be at peace? How can Jeff and Liz be the way they are? How, how can there be this, whatever this is that we've never experienced that we can't describe? Where does that come from? It comes from the body. It comes from people that you haven't spoken with in a long time who send you a text or call you to see how you're doing, who just send you a text that says, I want you to know we're praying. It comes from knowing that people are praying, not that they've told you because you feel it, because you feel the hand of God, because people are interceding. It, it, it comes when we walk in and people see us and Dina in tears grabs us and hugs us that Sunday Crispin there are no words. By the way, there are no words, okay? Here's something else. Just write this one down. There are no words. There are no words. There are no words. What are you going to tell? What are you going to tell Liz Bell? Here, let me give you some words of comfort that your 21-year-old daughter was killed by a jet ski in Denmark. There are no words. And I'm not being critical, y'all. People get uncomfortable, right, because they want to help. I'm going to talk about that in the last point. <laughs> they get uncomfortable. It's like, I'm so awkward. I've got to say something. Your child is dead. Must, surely I must be able to say something. Uh-uh. But you know what you can do? You can put your hand on their shoulder. If you know them well enough, you can give them the giant bear hug that you haven't gotten in a long time. You know what? You can stand next to them with snot coming out of your nose, crying your eyeballs out, because you're grieving with them. And by the way, that's the other part about the church grieving. And I know Pam and I have talked about this. I got an email from, I've got a goofy guy. His name's John Pankey. He's actually been here. Crispin knows him. He's like my accountability partner. We're, we're, we're into this like really strange notion that a Christian should hold each other accountable for the way they live. Like in this transformational discipleship thing, like following hard after God, like Ooh, what Jim talked about last week. Who was here last week? Jim Holland. He taught, you know what he taught on? Living intentionally as a disciple of Christ. So when you're living intentionally as a disciple of Christ and your brother or sister in the Lord is grieving, do you know what happens to you? You grieve. John Pankey sends me a text. He's, he's not a stoic guy, but he's, you know, he's not necessarily overly extroverted. And he says, I don't understand this. I don't know why I feel this way. She's not my daughter. I love Matt, but she's not, you know, Matt's not my son. 
I don't understand it. I said, I understand it. I said, you love me and you love my family and we're connected by God and you're feeling the pain with me and with Pam. And I could give you countless others, some of you in this room. Like, why do I feel so bad? I, it's not me. Because we're connected. You see, this is how the church works. Ministry in the midst is when the church rises up. You realize the church doesn't need to rise up? That's the other part of the Beatitudes. Christ is like saying, look, blessed are the poor. Why? Because they need something. Blessed are the meek. Why? Because they don't have anything. Because they're not assuming and they don't have power. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because they will be comforted. You see, the strength of Christ comes when we die. The strength of Christ comes when we die. Does this ring a bell? I must, what, decrease so that he can, what, increase. This is like Christianity 101, but we don't realize it until we're in the midst of true need. And I don't, I'm not wishing this on anybody. I'm telling you right now, I, don't, I <laughs> quick rabbit trail, this is so ironic. My work at Shell, I'm our safety focal for this group that I'm in. And I was supposed to be in Pennsylvania two weeks ago. And I had been rehearsing, I had been practicing. Man, I was going to hit these people with a speech. And this is God's truth. This is, and I shared this with so many people. Here was my speech, okay, real quick. I want you, and I want you to do this with me. I'd like for you to close your eyes and think about two or three people that are important to you. Two or three people that depend on you. Two or three people that you love and who love you. And now I want you to imagine that one of those people gets a phone call and says that you've been hurt or killed. Okay, you can open your eyes. That was my boy, I was gonna wow him in Pennsylvania. I was supposed to be there the Wednesday after the accident. So I was ready to go. Monday, I recorded a message for the people that would be played because I wasn't going to Appalachia. And I said, now I don't have to imagine what it's like to receive that call. And I don't have to imagine what it's like to give that call. And I can tell you right now, it's the most horrible thing I've ever been a part of. And I wish it on none of you. Yet, from the darkness, light shall rise. If you take nothing from me today, nothing. Die to self so that he can live in you. Be the church, live an intentional life like Jim was talking about. Why? So that when I walk in here with my 21-year-old son, who, by the way, I'm just going to tell you as a proud father, I've never, there's two things that I would point to in my life that I saw were the most courageous things ever. Some of you have heard the first one. My wife, before we had children, I come home from work one day and she says, I got you something for your birthday. It was July of 1985. And at the time, I had a Commodore 64 computer, and I didn't have a disk drive, and she knew I wanted one, and I knew I was getting a disk drive. That was it. 
Okay, Commodore 64, that was like a long time ago. <laughs> and she says, sit down. I'm like, here it comes. And she says, I've, out, I've enrolled you as an outpatient at the Chemical Dependency Unit of Acadiana. Yeah, no disk drive. <laughs> and humor has always been something from my youth that I've used to diffuse tension because I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. And so I thought, well, I'm going to diffuse this. Uh, what do I get for Christmas? Mandeville, which back then Mandeville had a mental institute. They've renamed it two or three times now. Ironically, years later, we move right down the street from that very facility. But she was dead serious, and I knew it. That was the first true act of courage that I've seen a human do in my life when she took that step to say, you need to go get help. And by the way, being the good Catholic she was at the time, she said, I won't divorce you. <laughs> but... If you don't go, I'm going to move in with my parents and I'm going to move my stuff back. And that's the thing I remember the most. When she said my stuff, I said, ooh, she's really thought about this. That's the first. I'm going to tell you the second. It happened Saturday. It happened yesterday, a few blocks from here, when my 21-year-old son eulogizes Leah in front of a crowded church. Some of you were there and spoke words that were so profound that I was amazed. And there needs to be a paternity test. Um, I told you I diffuse with humor. I love you, son. I am so proud of you. That these young people could have been so deeply in love. And that you had the strength and the courage to share your heart. Last point, and then I'll wrap up. So it was scripture. It was the church being the church. Um, next, yeah, I'm, it's all disconnected. Ah, we're wrapping up. It's comforting those who are trying to comfort you. Books could be written on this, not just by me, but by many of us. <clears throat> there were flights that we had lined up. Matt was going to go visit Leah because she was on her last week, and they were going to be in Scotland. They were supposed to be there now, or at least last week. Matt comes to me in the midst of all of it. Daddy, you need to cancel that flight. I had a flight from California to fly Leah out to Am's wedding. I had to cancel that flight. So <laughs> on the phone with a guy from Travelocity, because if you don't know me, I'm cheap. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, I need to cancel this flight. And, and it was a call center, and I work for Shell, and we use call centers, so I'm not being critical of call centers at all. They save a lot of money. Um, and he's like, excuse me, sir, can you tell me why? And I told him why. And this was his response. I'll try to paraphrase it. He said, um, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm not sure I'm the one to help. Excuse me, sir. Uh, and I'm like, are you okay? 
He's like, my father died a month ago. And I said, take all the time you need. Take all the time you need. I've got time. And for the next 10 minutes, the Holy Spirit of God through the telephone, through me to this man, and I don't know what his faith is, and I don't care at that point, is being ministered to. It's okay. Take all the time you need. I've got time. And I can tell you what, that doesn't come from Skip Koshak with a C or not. It doesn't matter. That's not where that comes from. That comes from the Holy Spirit of God. And I've got countless. An elderly gentleman came to the house. Matt, I don't remember if you were there that time he came. And he just stood there. He just stood there. I don't know what to say, he says. I, I, and he's just standing there. And I just put my hand on his shoulder and said, it's okay, it's okay. It means a lot that you're here. And, and he's lost, you know? See, when people see, and now I'm going to wrap up. This goes to the, to the John reference. And this ties to the church being the church. When people see the love that we have one for another... When they see that peace, when they see that comfort in the midst of mourning, you know what happens to them, to most people? It's like, I want some of that. I can't describe it. I don't know where it comes from, but I want to be around it. I want to be near it. I want you to, and guess what we get to do? We get to comfort those that came to comfort us. Beautiful service yesterday, wonderful service, uh, Hollywood script type of a thing, greater than fiction. We're at the Bell House, perfect, that's right there, thank you. Afterwards, we all gathered after the service, and you know you're starting to decompress a little bit, and you're laughing, and, and out the back window, we saw a portion of that rainbow. This is the Bell House in Madisonville, the white house behind the blue vehicle that's parked on the street. I rush out. Pam knew where I was going. She's so funny. I knew where he went. He went to get a better picture. I'm like dog barking in the house behind me, and I'm getting as far back as I can to take a picture of that rainbow. Next picture, please. Another part of town from Rebecca. Same rainbow. Many of you saw this rainbow. In the tribute that Liz Bell had put together, and it's a wonderful tribute. If any of you ever want to see it, you'll get to know Liz, uh, Jeff. The, it's all pictures and music, slideshow and some video. There's a song. It's uh, Why Are There So Many Songs About Rainbows. That was one of Leah's favorite songs. And uh, I saw Liz this morning. She, she posted on Facebook today. She didn't make the connection between the rainbow and the song. It, it, it's all a blur for her, right? We saw her actually down the street at uh, Coffee Rainy, or Coffee Rainy. And uh, she said, did you see it? Did you see my post? Did you see the connection? I said, yes, we saw it. Because this symbolizes the promise he will never leave us, never forsake us. There is always blue sky above the clouds. He will always comfort us. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me.
So as I wrap up, I'll, I'll work in the opposite order. We comfort those who are trying to comfort us because we're ambassadors of Christ. Not because we thought about it in the moment, because like Jim said, we're intentional about being disciples of Christ. And disciples of Christ are comforters, even in the midst of their own mourning. The second, we're the church to each other. In between those two, when the people see the love that we have one for another and the love that we have for them, it magnifies Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's the single most important thing, is that they know him. Not that they know my story or even Matt's story, as heartbreaking as it is, or that they know that Emily and Kaysen are getting married or that they graduated college. It, it, that's all interesting. But those are all footnotes to the most important thing they need to know, that Christ loves them, that Christ died for them, and that only true life is through Christ. If you don't know Christ today, please think about it. Third point was scripture. It's all there. We can get into a discussion about fallibility and fallibility, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we can get into a theological debate. In fact, I would love to do that. Let's do that later. But when you read those words that are infused with life from the Spirit, when you truly need it, when you're in a place of need, nothing better. Kleenex is important. And drink a lot of water. Thank you all so much. I love you and I appreciate you listening. Thank you, Skip. Well, um, we're just going to close. And if, if there's anyone in here who, who needs to experience the comfort of having somebody pray with you um, or just surround you, maybe you're going through something today, we just want to invite you to come up here um, as we conclude this service. And we would be glad to uh, be with you in this moment and uh, to pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to be with you. Um, I just want to close by just lifting up this, this all who've been impacted by the passing of Leah, that God continues to be with you. Lord, as Skip said earlier, there, there are no words, no words of comfort, that, that, no words to make sense of this, God. Um, but what we need at this moment really isn't words. What we need at this moment isn't explanations for our minds, Lord. Even though our minds cry out for them, God, what we need is the comfort of your spirit in our lives, God. And I just pray, Lord, for, for the Koshaks, for Leah's family, God, for every person that has been left behind, God, that, that, is, that there's a hole in their heart from Leah's passing, Lord. 
God, I pray that your comfort would be near to them by your spirit, Lord. You would surround them, God. Lord, you'd surround them with the body of Christ, Lord. You would make your words from Scripture come alive, Lord. Bring healing, bring comfort, bring peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, if you need prayer, feel free to come to the front. If you've got kids back in children's ministry, go pick them up. <laughs> See you next Sunday. God bless.